NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season continues at MyBookie, and they're now offering a free $20 bet with the promo code SGP20. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP20 to get a free $20 bet with your first deposit. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's Ace. Perhead.com slash SGP. And finally, we're brought to you by Sean Green. Sean Green's latest comedy album, This Loss Hurts Us All, is now available everywhere. iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, and wherever you get your comedy. Hello and welcome to NBA Gambling Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rich Fat Baby McKee, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Zach Swissbank Broner. How's it going, my man? It's going good. Um, glad to be back. Well, I'm, in, I'm enjoying the weekly uh, long-form podcast. Definitely fun to dip back in, revisit some stats, revisit some players. Um, but yeah, we were just saying we may not have a country by the next time we release an episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast. So that's sort of the main storyline we're following. (laughs) Well, this is true. Uh, It's interesting to start this off on that note, but it is Monday evening when we're recording this, the day before the election. By the time this comes out or by the time you're listening to it, Zach and I might both be in underground bunkers. Who knows? It's 2020. Anything can happen. I mentioned that maybe we're going to make a run for it in Canada and I have to become a Raptors fan, which I guess there are worse fates than being a Raptors fan. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, <laughs> I know do we don't title. get political here. Yeah, you know, I, we don't get political on this show and we're not getting political here because I feel like either way it goes, mayhem might ensue. Yeah, exactly. I, I was more just commenting on the mayhem. Definitely place your election bets at mybookie.ag. We can say that about the election. Um, if you are, if you are interested in getting involved with that, but I know, uh, but yeah, we definitely going to be a, uh, fun distraction to talk about the NBA these next few weeks and coming up towards the draft. So that, that should be fun. Absolutely. What Zach and I will be discussing today are our breakout candidates for 2021. That was the assignment I gave to both Zach and I, we didn't really know how it would shape out, but I think we both attacked it from the same perspective as these are players that if players were stocks that we would put money into that we would invest in that we think you know mostly we we hit on the second third year players players who haven't popped yet but we think have the chance to and you can use that information however you want you know I know that one of the guys on our NBA slack Dylan Hyder he's looking to buy some invest in some NBA rookie cards so if you're into that this might be a successful you know a useful podcast for you if you're interested in starting to already think about 2021 player props this could be something to think about so use it however you see fit it's been a really fun exercise for me i know that zach said on slack earlier to me that he's been having fun with it too so i i recommend all you going out there and and start really thinking about who you think is going to pop in 2021 what do you have to add to that zach yeah i I think first of all definitely just i i know you and I and all of the people that we've interacted with in the community, like we all just love basketball. So it's fun to break down stuff like this, talk about the game, keep it in our lives. And second of all, I think it was a really good exercise for me to just go through, look at rosters, look at, you know, what players roles might be different next year in terms of, you know, who's coming off of a team based on a free agent or based on a contract expiring or something like that. So if you're just generally preparing for, you know, building your, understanding of where each team is at i thought this was a fun exercise for that so i think i'm gonna have some names that might surprise you although i i couldn't even really think of who the like generic name i mean i thought of a couple but i I, there was no obvious can't totally obvious candidates in my opinion i think i i might have gone a little bit in a more of a i guess niche direction i tend to do that (laughs) um 
you know, but uh, hey, it'll, man, be fun to, it'll be fun to compare. You're an NBA hipster. You can't help it. All exactly. Right? That's what that's what you do. Um, I feel like I have a mixture of some names that people will expect and some names that people won't. Uh, this exercise did take me into some areas I wasn't expecting. I was really, I kind of really dug into teams' payroll and sal- you know, salary cap and and uh, contracts going forward to get an idea of who might have better opportunities this coming season based off of who teams might be getting rid of or trading. So yeah, I, I found it a lot of fun and, and we'll get into all of that. We don't have a lot of news for you guys other than of course, tomorrow is the election. Hope you all get out there and vote. And there seems to be some tension brewing between the NBA players and the owners, but we don't know much about it. Uh, what are you hearing on that front, Zach? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I think there's been like a slow drip of news leaks, you know, coming through Woj and Shams that signify that there's real tension here between the players and the owners. Um, obviously, as we touched on last week, there's the issue of when the season's going to start. It doesn't seem my like players are amenable at all to that Christmas start. Um, they seem to be taking a relatively hard line position against that. You also have the escrow issues now. Uh, with the with the with the BRI shares and the owners are going to want to take a lot of money and put it into escrow with the uncertainty of how much revenue this season will generate. So it's going to be very very interesting. For I think the NBA has gotten a lot of praise over the last few years for the harmony between you know management and labor, but uh, it looks like they could. And as are all sports dealing with the fallout from COVID. I mean. Um, it seems like there is definitely some tension brewing that continues to bubble up. And um, this timeline for the offseason is just so weird because you have the CBA tension now, but the draft is supposed to be in, you know, 14, 15 days. Free agency starting right after that. And if training camps were to open, now you need the whole COVID protocol to be set up for playing in local markets instead of the bubble. So just a lot of issues to follow. Obviously, Follow, you know, the official the Woges and the Shams on Twitter. Um, I think important stuff will be throwing in the Slack, but definitely worth following as we move forward towards the, the draft, which is coming up so soon, and that'll kick off the offseason. Absolutely. Still so much unknown, but uh, let's forget about all that and start talking about just pretending the season is going to come back in a relative amount of time with a relative, no, no not too many repercussions for the salary cap we are going to talk about our breakout players players we think you should invest in in fantasy basketball cards player props what have you zach i'll let you go first blow my mind with one of your hipster picks all right so should i start with a hipster pick or i'll start with a hipster pick uh start with whatever you want i'm gonna go with marquise chris What the fuck? <laughs> of course you had to start with Mark. Oh, God. Okay, you really... I didn't know how far off the reservation you were going with this. Okay. You know, I'm a Suns fan, and I have a lot of opinions about him. Please elaborate. Yeah, well, I, I, I just wanted to... I, I think to help explain the choice, I think my criteria was really about guys who were like were kind of like emerging in a role this year and are going to take that big break. I mean, that's obviously what we meant by breakout players, but... When you look at Marquise Chris, I mean, he's only 22 years old. And this Warriors organization showed a lot of belief in him. And he had glowing reviews coming out from Steve Kerr and that staff. You combine that with a a season on the floor. Yes, he wasn't amazing. But, you know, he showed a lot. Uh, I thought he showed improvement as a passer. You know, he's definitely an athletic type finisher who can play the five next to Draymond Green. And when I look at... You mentioned looking at teams' cap sheets. Um, when you look at this Warriors team, it doesn't seem like their pathway is going to be to, you know, invest in a true starting center. Um, like it, I don't. People talked about maybe Miles Turner as the big move they would make, or you know, a name of that ilk. Um, to me, I, I think they're going to mostly, unless they can hit a home run with that trade package, um, they'll mostly run it back. And, and I think Marquise Chris has a good chance of being the starting center on this Warriors team next year and, and fitting in really, really nicely around shooting and Draymond Green um, 
yeah, I, I just I just think he's a guy who could be in a really nice role, uh, not being asked to do too much, and just sort of star in that role um, for what could be a really good team that could maximize his strengths. Tell me why I'm wrong. Though. So you're you're imagining Stephen Clay in the backcourt, Draymond at the four, Wiggins at the three, and Marquise Chris at the five. This is their starting unit. Yeah, and and w- 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 with the potential that Wiggins could be. That that if they do make a trade, it would be more to address the wing rather than the center position. And, and Chris, you you think that he can handle the four consistently? What is he like six eight? No, I I well, I think he would I be mean, a nominal five, five for that team. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I just want to back it up quickly with some more statistics that I that I just want to get off. Uh, you know, month of February, fourteen points, eight boards, two assists, two blocks. Uh, 60% from the field. Month of March, uh, 14 points again, up to 10 boards, uh, up to three and a half assists per game, and, and still getting that block and a half. This is a guy who his point total went up in every single month of the season, as did his minutes total, um, albeit on a team that was sort of tanking towards the bottom. But, you know, you saw an increase in field goal attempts every month of last season. You saw that field goal percentage get up from 50 to start all the way to 60. Um, shot over 70% from the line. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's a name that hasn't been talked about that much. That's why I said I didn't think there were that many obvious choices here. But this is a guy who took steady improvement all year last year. Glowing reviews from the Warriors front office and um, could have a big role. So I had to wow. defend the pick a little bit. You know what? I mean, I don't – you have stunned me a bit. I did not expect you to say that name and for me to be <laughs> persuaded. But, no, you are persuading me. I mean, I I guess it feels like I've – it's been so long. So much has happened since I've even thought of this Golden State Warriors team. I forgot to even look at their roster. So, you know, why I was thinking like Eric Pascal and stuff who I – assume we'll have a nice role off the bench for them. I didn't think about Chris. Yes, I was very disappointed by him when he was a Suns player, but you're right. He's super young. He was super raw coming out of college. That was always the thought process on him is that he's going to be a raw player, but he's amazing. He's an amazing athlete. And once he starts figuring out how to actually play basketball, the sky's the limit. And you're saying with this, Warriors front office with the shooting coaches with they have with Stur- Steve Kerr, he could really blossom. I can totally see that now that you put it that way. Yeah, and and they've also shown a sort of commitment to playing a true center, at least to start games throughout even the small ball era. I mean, you look at an Andrew Bogut or a David Lee or a um, uh, I'm blanking on on other names that were there. J- Javale McGee. Yeah, Javale McGee, exactly. But and then to me, I mean, I just want to reiterate. I mean, you're looking at a guy who played 15 minutes a game at the start of the year, end of the year playing 30 minutes a game, averaging, you know, 14, 10, and 4. I mean, I I just think the improvement was really, really promising this year, and I look at a role that could enable the type of breakout season we're talking about. Now a quick break for a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Late fall college ball, the NBA bubble, UFC Fight Island. It is clear that 2020 has been a year unlike any other, which is why you need a sportsbook, which is why you need a sportsbook with offers unlike any other. Get some skin in the game with my bookie where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free breaths await all, all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. Make the right play and sign up at mybookie.ag. And when you do, use promo code SGP to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, and they'll match you another $100 in your account. It's winning season at MyBookie, so join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. I feel like I've got a name that a lot of people are going to agree with, but I don't think people realize just how great he was this season in his rookie year. Brandon Clark for the Grizzlies. And I've got, if you look at the entire 
2019 draft, he has by far the highest win shares of anyone in that draft, and that's including John Morant. He is he improved throughout the entire season. He's 23 years old. He, while his numbers aren't going to totally jump off the page at you, I feel like he improved as far as his defense and his offense throughout the entire season. They played him. I mean, I don't know. Like I forgot he was a rookie much of the time I was watching him play. He seems like such a, a more of a veteran presence. And what I like about him taking another leap, especially next season, is looking at the contracts and the payroll for the Grizzlies. I don't think that they're going to change that much. They pretty much have their contracts locked up. They're going to be playing with a similar group. Other than Justice Winslow, I don't see Justice Winslow taking that many minutes away from Brandon Clark. I think that they can play those two together. I think he can play in the starting role. Um, and, and Taylor Jenkins proved like what a great coach he is for young player development. I really like, you know, and I think he's going to be really overshadowed by Ja Morant. So this is a guy you could probably get cheap in your fantasy drafts or whatever. What do you think about that? Yeah, he that, that's a, that's a great pick. He he almost made my list. Um, I totally agree with everything you said, and he was also just a monster down the stretch. Like he played really well in the bubble. He had a few huge games, and he his like ability to finish around the rim is amazing, and really plays well with Ja. So I think that should be a that should be a great partnership going forward. And I like the pick of Brandon Clark. The only reason I didn't take him, I mean. I think it's a little concerning. They still seem they want they seem like they want to compete right now, and they do have Jonas Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson Jr. like clogging up a lot of those minutes at the five and the four. Are you at all concerned about you know Brandon Clark being held back by his role next year? I thought about that, but Jaron Jackson Jr. I hate to predict injuries. But that guy seems like he gets banged up quite a bit, and every time he had to sit, Brandon Clark really shone through. He, you know, as in the bubble, for example, like Triple J was out, and I feel like Brandon Clark had some of his best games because of that. I don't know. I mean, I liked how Valanciunas played Lex here. They also got Gorgie Dang there, which I feel like they're going to try to get off his big contract. You're right. You're right to point that out as a potential for limited playing time. However, I think he'll be so efficient in the playing time he does get. Taylor Jenkins will be forced to play him more, especially as more and more teams go small ball and that Valanciunas can't play against those teams. Yeah, and and I, I, I agree with that. And I'll also, if you look at the Western Conference next year, it's going to be so jam-packed with good teams that are trying to make the playoffs. I think... If you look at a team like a Memphis who is still really young and they're not necessarily on that competing timeline, even though they almost made the playoffs this year, I think it could be a good year to sort of say, okay, there are like 14 teams in the West that are trying to make the playoffs. Maybe we zag and take this year as a development year um, while everyone's going into win now mode. So I could see that there being a lot of upside for Brandon Clark's role um, with regard to that. If perhaps Memphis, you know, 20 games into the season doesn't look like they're making the playoffs all of a sudden they're trading JB to contender and Brandon Clark is playing 35 minutes a game. So I think, I think that is another angle to that. That could be an upside potential for Brandon Clark. I absolutely agree with that. I think that the Grizzlies are a huge candidate for a step backwards just because nobody was expecting them to be as good as they were this season. Yeah. Nothing against their, their talent. I just think it will be really hard to compete in the West with how loaded it is. Yeah. All right. So should I throw my next guy? Go for it. All right. So this is one that I uh, definitely not a young player. So I, I, I think it might be somewhat surprising. Uh, I had Mike Conley on here. Um, <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> to, and for the listeners who aren't on the zoom, McKee has thrown his head back. Just absolutely aghast at both of my first two picks. <laughs> I feel like you made this exercise harder on yourself, but okay, go for it. Mike. Mike Conley. Explain yeah. why 47-year-old Mike Conley is going to be a breakout candidate. Yeah, it's the only guy to break out the year before his retirement. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so just, just to uh, to defend myself here, I mean, I think it's 
obviously a little bit surprising to have him on a breakout player type list because that's usually reserved for young players. But I think that Mike Conley is a guy who's uniquely positioned to like, I think rejuvenate his career in some way and also take a step forward after I think what was a step backward this year in Utah. I think early in this season when, and he couldn't really get healthy. He was really struggling to find his way in Utah after what seemed to be a slam dunk trade from Memphis. Um, But I think people got off the Conley train a little too early. I think people are looking at this Utah team like it's, oh, it's Donovan Mitchell and nothing else because of the ridiculous scoring performance he had in the playoffs. But you look at Mike Conley. It's a guy who aver- he you know came in this season, really struggled, you know, was averaging you know, 11, 12 points in the, in the early months of the season. Um, and, and then he really, really just started to coalesce with this Utah Jazz team, evidenced by a strong playoffs where his pick-and-roll ball handling ability and his ability to create offense – um, was really vital in that playoff series. Um, at times, to have a guy who could play off of off of Donovan Mitchell, obviously he was inconsistent, but um, he had a couple big games, and obviously that shot down the stretch um, against Denver um, that that could have gone in could have added to his legacy. But the reason why I focus on Conley here is I think he's a guy who people had high expectations for him last year. He sort of failed those early, but then quietly was sort of building up to be the guy people thought he could be in Utah. Um, now I look at a full offseason and a Utah team under new ownership. Don't think that they'll – I think they will be continue to be aggressive, try to make the playoffs this year. Um, and, and I could see Mike Conley having a really nice year um, as sort of that that number, that 1A slash number 2 option to Donovan Mitchell. Um so in terms of a guy I'd be buying stock in for next year, because I think his stock is really, really low right now, um, I think Conley could have another, you know, okay, this is a vintage pick-and-roll point guard and, and a great guy to have on your team. So Mike Conley as my second breakout player. Okay, so when he was playing his best, it was in the bubble, but that was when they had missed Bogdanovich. So do you feel like they will have trouble getting him as many minutes in that backcourt because Bogdanovich was their best shooter. Mike Connolly didn't shoot as well as he normally did last season. That could come back, but I don't know. Is he going to get the ball enough between Donovan Mitchell and Bogdanovich? And also, um, you know, what's going on with Rudy Gobert? Yeah. And obviously Rudy Gobert is the key question for Utah's offseason overall. And, and that's a good point regarding Bogdanovich. I think, for Conley, and this might it might not be so, like, that much of like a numbers play. Um, it might just be like a guy who fits in really well in a playoff team. But but you look at his his usage in the regular season twenty two point three percentage percent usage only went up to twenty two point six usage in the playoffs. So the role wasn't expanded that much even in in the absence of Bogdanovich. I think Donovan Mitchell absorbed a lot of those those possessions. So maybe he'll have to sacrifice a little bit too. Um, but yeah, I look at Conley. I mean, I think what, what would be great for Conley is to get back to being that, you know, seven or eight assists per game, you know, 17 points and knocks down all of his threes and plays good defense on the other team's point guard. That's kind of what I see as the upside here. Um, you know, only only averaged uh, four assists last year. Really, really low for him. That was up to five in the playoffs. But hopefully that can go back up a little bit. But um yeah, I think I'm I'm sneaky a little bit high on this Utah team going into next year. Okay, all right. I I feel like that's a fine pick. I don't have a problem with Mike Conley. Surprised you have him on this list, <laughs> but we'll roll with it. I am going to go with my next pick, and it's not going to surprise anywhere anybody where I'm going next as far as what team I'm going next. I was going to start off the podcast with it, but I decided to bury it at least into my second pick. <laughs> I am going with Mikhail Bridges. And you are wearing an Arizona uh, State hat right now. <laughs> I am wearing an Arizona State hat. Hey, Pac-12 is back this weekend, baby. So I got to represent all week. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, while his numbers from year one to year two don't blow you away, his efficiency as a player really improved. Something that Monty Williams really emphasized with that whole Suns team. If you look at Devin Booker's efficiency numbers, uh, Kelly Oubre's efficiency numbers, he's not known as an efficient player. Monty, 
Monty Williams improved all of them. Uh, Mikael Bridges, his his three-point percentage went up, his field goal percentage went up, his free throw percentage went up, and his defense is otherworldly on that on the perimeter. If people watched him in the bubble, he can shut down. He's one of those guys, his, long, his arms are so long that he can guard so many different players, which makes him exciting. I feel like he doesn't have the nastiness of a Draymond Green, but I feel like his athleticism will put him somewhere close to that Draymond-level defensive ability. Another quick break, and we'll be right back. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. If you're playing an NFL contest, all you have to do is choose 10 out of 20 available player props to build your lineup. And then your player props go up against the other guys' player props in that tournament. It's really fun. A lot of these tournaments aren't even filling right now because Thai Fantasy is so new, but it's going to be huge pretty soon. So make sure to get in now. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit, hit the most props, rack up the most points to share a part of the prize pool. Thrive has already given away $1.6 million in cash prizes. They got some deep pockets. It's their turn to take some money off of them. So use promo code SGP when you sign up today and you will receive an instant match up to $50 on your first deposit. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today, and don't forget to use promo code SGP. I think Michael Bridges, like you said, he does so many important things at a highly efficient level. Like, he can knock down the three, and he could be a really efficient, low-usage offensive player who fits in perfectly next to a primary creator in Devin Booker. On the defensive end, right. he can do guard a ton of positions very well. He can be your number one option for the other team's primary creator. Um, and, and like you said, guard every position. So I'm super high on Michael and Mikhail Bridges. Like he is just the, I think the quintessential like modern NBA supporting cast member um, and just so efficient yeah. on both ends. Um, great player and really excited for a Phoenix fan to have him on board. Absolutely. I feel, and, and I'm not going to, again, surprise anybody by saying I'm really high on this Suns team next season the more I dig into them. Devin Booker, he's been in, this, in, he's been in the NBA for five seasons, and he's had five different head coaches. A lot of people overlook that when they say that Devin Booker doesn't know how to win, and he just puts up numbers. He showed last year that he can definitely make his game much more efficient, and they showed in the bubble that they can win for a long stretch that, you know, I, I know it was just the bubble. It was eight games, whatever. But I do think that they really showed something. And DeAndre Ayton huge, made huge, huge improvements from his rookie year. So just the core right there of, of Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, Ricky Rubio, you know, definitely a solid point guard. He's not going to light the world on fire, but more traditional point guard that sees the floor really well. And then Cam Johnson really came on. Uh, in the bubble as well once he got more playing time with Oubre out I'm really interested to see what the Suns do with Kelly Oubre he's only 24 years old he's on the books for one more year with a 14 million dollar contract I I feel like his stock is pretty high they might consider trading him to get their younger guys their younger wings more playing time yeah and that's a very interesting choice for them because I do think Cam Johnson, I, I like Oubre a lot as a player, but Cam Johnson, you know, is like that, just, he's like, and he's not as good as Duncan Robinson in terms of the movement and all that, but he mm -hmm. is like an absolutely lethal knockdown shooter, which is what I would prioritize alongside a guy like Booker. Um, I, I almost had Devin Booker on my breakout player list just because I think his upside is that high for this season. Um, he didn't quite make it. Uh, I had I had Mikhail Bridges, um, but that, 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 that that's a great pick. I do feel like Devin Booker could make that leap into the third team All NBA category next year. You know, like I know that the the glut at guard is is you know there's there's just so many good guards that it's going to be really hard. But he could really, I you know, I won't I won't go down the road because people are tired of. 
listening to me talk about the Suns, but go ahead. I'm really excited about the Suns. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Go ahead. Well, who's your next player? We should have like, you know, in Netflix, so you can press skip intro now. We should have like the five minutes of Suns content. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I will say, I think Devin Booker could become the clear cut second best shooting guard in the NBA behind James Harden. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, wow. Uh, for my next guy, I'll go with Colin Sexton. Um, I think that's probably my most normal pick um, on my list. Um, it's a guy, I mean, he's in a bad situation, obviously, in Cleveland. And he's also dealt with the the problem that you raised for Devin Booker of, you know, multiple different coaches early in his career. But you look at the improvement this year, uh, it was absolutely astonishing how much better he got during this season. Um you know, ended up finishing the year uh, averaging over over 20 points a game, 47% field goal shooting, 38% from three, um, 85 from the line. Nothing crazy in the in the passing or, or um, you know, creation for others department. But this guy looks like a light lights out scorer. I mean, end of the season, averaged 30 points in five games in March. Um, got his field goal attempts all the way up to 20. Um, you look at the pre-All-Star, post-All-Star. Uh, post all-star 25 and a half points per game. Um, and he even got the assist numbers up a little bit. So I think while that Garland Sexton backcourt is definitely one to monitor just because the, the rules are kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really a fan of, of his upside for this year and continuing to like, I wouldn't be surprised if we're looking at Colin Sexton is like a better version of Zach Levine uh, coming out of this year or something along that lines. Just a, Lethal scorer, really not your not going to be your primary creator for others, but a guy who will no question go out and get you twenty five. I I agree with his talent. I worry a lot about that team and how that could. I mean, Kevin Love is still on that team. Kevin Love is the locker room cancer on that team. Are they is he are they going to get rid of him? I mean, they've got Andre Drummond there still. I'm just really confused about what they're doing with that team and if he'll get the the proper coaching and run that he deserves. Yeah, no, I I think that's that's a fair concern and the role is weird. I mean, at, at the end of the day, he still averaged 33 minutes a game last year. Um, you know, was able to get up 17 shots. Like, I, I don't see that going down next year. Um, it's not that I'm worried about the amount of playing time. It's the quality of playing time. You know, I, I, oh, yeah. I feel like yeah, guys for sure. I mean, that are on bad teams can develop bad habits because of that. And, that. and that's a great point. I think this is a guy maybe you would want to focus on for fantasy purposes or for, you know, factoring in for player props, something like that. I, I don't think he's going to, like, produce winning. Um, and I, I did think – I think we both have focused on that a little bit. So definitely mm-hmm. want to clarify that. I think for Sexton, the upside is really with the numbers. Um, I think he could really be, like, a 25-plus point-per-game scorer this year. I'll bait on a bad team with – no playoff. Like this is probably the worst team in the NBA. Um, but if you're looking at, you know, a sneaky fantasy play, a guy who might give you that production. Um, I like Sexton as a guy who I think is flying a little bit under the radar, but could be on that first or second page. When you look at the leading scorers points per game next year. Okay. One final break to hear from our friends at ACE per head. And Zach and I will be right back. Have you ever thought about starting your own sports book, but don't know how? Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sportsbook. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. And he's a name that everybody knows, but I feel like he's a name that still too many people overlook. And that's Fred Van Vliet. Uh, Kyle Lowry is 34 years old. He's on the books next year for $30,000. Masai Ujiri and Nick Nurse, they are such a smart front, you know, coaching and front office. I feel like they're going to have to really start focusing on the future of that franchise could they trade Kyle Lowry for some, you know, for some younger pieces? I definitely think that Kyle Lowry showed in the playoffs that he can still play at a high level. Mark Gasol is a free agent. They can get off of his $26 million contract. Serge Ibaka is a free agent. 
they can get off of his $23 million contract. I think Surge still plays at a high enough flavor, but I definitely think they're going to want to get away from Gasol and start playing some of their younger talent with Pascal, uh, with Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. Uh, Van Vliet is making $9 million right now. I think he's going to get a big contract from the Raptors because he's an unrestricted free agent. And I could see him really living up to that, especially if he becomes the main guy if Kyle Lowry gets traded. Yeah, I, I like this pick a lot. I think you definitely want to mine the uncertainty because we. Tr- I think Fred Van Vliet is probably the one guy who could actually go out and get paid this offseason. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like there's going to be a lot of that this year. It's The Raptors have given all indications that they'll do whatever it takes to bring him back. Um, but there is always the chance that, that Fred Van Vliet could be on a different team next season. So that's something to monitor. I think he would still look good. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy who's a really, really complete player. So from the basketball perspective, I back up everything you said. Continue to get better. He's like such a money piece because he can play on and off the ball. Really physical, tough on defense, good locker room guy. Um, so I love the player. Um, his free agency... And he plays a lot of games. He His he's a really reliable player. Like he doesn't get banged up. He doesn't have many injuries, which I think is really overlooked. Another thing that's overlooked on him. Yeah. He, yeah. That, that's a great point. Very durable. Um, and yeah, like I feel like wherever he is, I mean, he'll work his way. Like wherever he is, he'll be solid. That's just who Fred Van Vliet is. I feel like um, he's not a guy like I, I don't see him disappearing in terms of his career anywhere, but definitely will be one to be interesting to preview. I mean, this, your sons could be in on Fred Van Vliet. Um, if they're potentially looking for a point guard replacement, I think the names that have been thrown around are Knicks, Pistons, Suns, and uh, Raptors for his services. That's true. I mean, I would like him even more because I'm the <laughs> yeah, Suns. yeah. That, I mean, now like the thing about that about Fred that's so nice is he would be a perfect fit alongside Devin Booker because he could, you know, oh. take the best defensive guard option. You have Van Vliet and Mikhail Bridges working that, and then you he can play off ball offensively too. So that would be a really fun fit, but. I think definitely want to. He he will most likely be back in Toronto because they can't afford to lose him if they want to. They want to keep winning. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it is it is nice to dream about him on the Suns. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> I'll I'll fall, I'll fall asleep with uh, good thoughts in my head tonight rather than worrying about the election. Go ahead with your next pick. Yeah. So. Um... My next pick is an- another one that's really based off of an emerging role, and I think a guy who will slot in perfectly next to a superstar, and that's Jalen Brunson on the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I don't have him on my list, but I love that pick right away. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a guy, and, and we, we've both been a huge fan of his um, throughout this season. I think it really comes down to, like, to me, and he's, a, he's honestly a similar player to Fred Van Vliet. He is, like, the perfect point guard to play alongside Luka because – Luca assumes a lot of those primary, uh, you know, responsibilities. Um, but Jalen can still be your nominal point guard at times. I think in the postseason they were really searching for who was going to be that extra guard piece. Remember, Brunson was out for the bubble with that shoulder injury. Um, all all reports that he should be totally healthy for the start of camp. So I think this is a guy who's going to seize a much bigger role um, in Dallas. You saw this is a guy who. You know, minutes rose for the entire year. Uh, they seem to put more and more faith in him. Um, and he even started a few games um, as a starter in, in the 16 games that he started this year. Averaged 13 points, uh, five assists, one turnover. Um, you know, got to the line, knocks down 38% of his threes. So I think just a very serviceable lead point guard and a guy who only is only his third year in the league now. Um, but he's now on a team that's trying to win now with Luca, And I think you look at his pedigree back to college. Uh, he was a member of one of the greatest college basketball teams of all time. That Villanova, um, I guess, 2018 team was the mm-hmm. best player in college basketball that year. Um, and I think he's a, he's going to be a piece that Luca really, really, you know, fits comfortably with going forward. So I think just in terms of a breakout like future, I mean, I think, the fact that he gets to ride alongside Luca is going to be great for his career. Um, so I think this is a guy who's going to play a big role on a really good team next year and uh, definitely look to break out. Yeah, I don't have any holes to poke in that. I think 
that that's a great under the radar name to watch. Uh, a lot of you know a lot of casual NBA fans definitely don't know who he is, but people who play a lot of NBA DFS know that he's a great you know cheaper side option, especially when Luca has to sit out. He he really steps up. So that's a guy definitely to keep your eye on. And um, yeah, if you want to sound like a real NBA hipster, bring him up in casual conversation <laughs> and <laughs> watch people be confused or very impressed. The next guy I'm on this is another big name, but I'm, I, I'm very curious to see what you have to say about this one. Lonzo Ball. I love it. I, I, almost, I almost picked him as well. Okay, so I feel like obviously the worst thing that happened to Lonzo Ball was being drafted by the Lakers. There was way too much pressure put on him. He didn't get away from his crazy dad and all the hype of his family. The best thing that happened to him was being traded to the Pelicans, and he really showed that last year in Spurs. I know he wasn't as consistent as we would have liked to see him, and I know he was a disappointment in the bubble, but again, he's only 22, 23 years old. And there's a good chance that the Pelicans trade away Drew Holiday and get away from his $26, 27000000 million salary and focus more on their youth. The way that Lonzo sees the court and his high, his, his, he's got a really high basketball IQ, sees the court almost like LeBron-like way, and his passing is such next level. He is a perfect guy for the long term of Zion Williamson. I, I feel like the Pelicans, we don't know who their coach is going to be yet. There's a, still a lot of unknowns. I think they're also need they need to pay Brandon Ingram because I think that core of Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Zion Williamson could just be an amazing threesome going forward. Yeah, I'm totally on board with this pick too. And while you were saying that, I was trying to find some Lonzo Ball catch and shoot shooting splits um, because I think the like like you said this guy's career has been like doomed by things outside of his control like the narrative about him everything that was all started by his father and I feel like the whole narrative of Lonzo as like a selfish guy who can't shoot or whatever or not not selfish obviously a great passer but like not a winning player blah blah, blah. like I, I just don't agree with those characterizations at all I think Lonzo Ball is like very much a winning player, um, extremely unselfish, good defender, uh, and a guy who can now pretty consistently knock down the open three. Um, I, I was obviously not as high as others on the Pelicans going into the bubble, but people forget. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were like the hottest team in the NBA. Everyone thought that they were going to come in and like be a factor in the playoffs, maybe push the Lakers. Um, that was like that. Those were very real discussions being had during the hiatus. Um, and then they obviously come out and lay a stinker in the bubble. I mean, I think that's very excusable. It's a young team. Not many guys have been to the playoffs before. Like, very hard for them to focus, I'm assume, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, I think they're a prime bounce-back candidate team. Um, and What do you I, think about them? Do you think they trade Holiday? Because I do think that Alexander Walker, uh, their first-round draft pick, another first-round draft pick from last season, he showed a lot of, potential i'm not sure if he's ready to be in the starting backcourt but i could see they have a lot of good young talent they need to get more minutes yeah i think i think drew holiday could definitely be a trade candidate his name has obviously come up a bunch you know brooklyn denver uh the lakers have all been some not like not reporting but just like fun trade ideas um yeah i, th- I think the role will be there for lonzo if that's a concern i, I like Either way, I think Drew will be off this team by the deadline, most likely, unless they're like in the thick of a playoff push. Um, but even even with an NAW in the mix, like I think Lonzo is a really really good player, a guy who could you know be that like fifteen points, seven assists, seven boards, something like that, um, and a perfect compliment. Because mind you, this team already has Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson; they don't need Lonzo to be anything more than what he excels at doing, which is, you know, getting the ball ahead in transition, making big plays, you know, throwing lobs to Zion. So he's another guy. I mean, he needs to become a better, he still needs to improve his outside shooting. 
but he's young and he showed steps in the right direction this year. Yeah, he showed yes, he showed steps in the right direction. I think the the difficulty of the attempts he takes will only continue to go down. Like he's not an off the dribble three guy. I think that's been made clear. Um, but yeah, I just think he's another guy who on this list who will star in in his role next year. I think and he fits in nicely with with what I'm assuming they want to try to do with Zion. So um, I like the pick a lot. Great. Before we move off of the Pelicans and go to your next pick, I had a thought while I was doing research. Who do you think makes an all NBA team first? John Morant or Zion Williamson? Wow. Um, Probably Zion. I think, I think, I don't think it's any, go ahead. uh, You know, if it's, if it's, I was going to say, if it's as injury, as long as he stays healthy and that's a big, if I understand, but I don't think there's any question, not just because of his talent level, but be just because it's going to be so hard to pass up that many established guards in the league right now, whereas Zion can qualify as a forward or a center almost. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. You basically, I mean, yeah, Dame, like Dame, Steph, Kyrie, I, like I'm a, if all of them are yeah, healthy, I mean, they're going to be. Sorry, what you say? He might be able to. He might be able to edge out like CP3, Russell Westbrook. They might be on the backside of their careers. Ben Simmons, he goes in weird fits and starts depending on what 76ers are going to do. But yeah, between like Steph, Clay, Kyrie, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, it's just going. In addition to just all the other guys that made it this year, it's going to be really tough. Yeah, that's tough. And and like I think the Zion angle will only like continue to get bigger as the nba looks for ways to like market its sport better with the covid financial uncertainty i don't know that's a maybe that won't, won't matter but the zion hype train will not be ending anytime soon um should i throw out my last yeah. one let's go all right so my last one I, I had to get a nugget on this list um there, there was no way. I'm surprised you didn't start and end with the Nuggets, but I, I, I'm proud of you. I, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm growing here. Um, and I'm I'll, I'm growing so much that I didn't even take a current Nugget. I took a okay. Nugget trade transplant at the deadline. I'm going with Juancho Hernan Gomez. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, I think he's obviously a guy who hasn't shown that much. I mean, you're looking at a career that was relatively stunted up until the time he got traded to Minnesota, which only gave him the opportunity to play 15 games in a Minnesota uniform. But when he was there, they absolutely unleashed him as an offensive weapon. Um, you know, was getting up a ton of threes, you know, played 30 minutes a game, got his average up to 13 points while he was in Minnesota, um, taking five threes a game. Um, so, you know, also a guy who hit the hit the boards, averaged seven boards in Minnesota. Um, but m- more so, the angle for me was I just think this Minnesota team is going to be so bad defensively when it's anchored by D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns that they have to maximize their offensive upside as much as possible. And I think Wancho is a weapon that they're just going to have to unleash and turn him into a Duncan Robinson type volume sharpshooter. Now you have Malik Beasley. I think most likely removed from the picture, he's facing a gun charge in Minnesota. Um, so that opens up a lot. It, it opens up a solid role in Minnesota um, that, you know, Jared, I, I thought about maybe Jared Culver or Josh Okoji, though both those guys um, are more defensive options. And I think Minnesota's upside is to maximize shooting around this D'Angelo Russell car, Anthony Towns pick and roll that will undoubtedly be the foundation of their offense. So, Juancho Hernan Gomez is a guy I look at as like potentially the next shooting specialist. Um, and this is more of a long shot pick for me, but if that, if that does happen, I think he could be a guy. A lot of people are talking about next season. I like that. I'm curious if the, you know, not taking into account that Minnesota has the first pick overall, and that could definitely change things. But what do you see as the starting five in in Minnesota next season? Yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously you have Russell and Cat. Um, I think. Do you think Wancho sorry, steps into that? Do you think Wancho steps into that? Yeah, I, th- I think Wancho could. I mean, you you have Beasley now out of the picture. I guess they'll probably start start Culver. Um, 
maybe maybe the first overall pick, maybe Josh Okoji, uh, maybe Wancho. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean that's a that's a team that I think they are. We we, we talked about uh, Memphis potentially zagging. I think Minnesota is a team that they they think they're making the playoffs next year to sort of like try to appease Cat. I do not see that at all. I think this this roster is is not great. Uh, but that's part of why I like the upside of Wancho potentially to put up big numbers. All right. I mean, I love it. I love it. I had some other names on my list, but I am not going – I don't feel as good about them as the names I already read off. And since you said that that is your last one, I – Let's get out of here. But I just wanted to say that we are doing a SPGN mock draft this week to prepare for the NBA draft uh, coming up this month. We're going to have a lot of NBA draft content on this podcast over the next couple of weeks. I know I need to dig into a lot of research. How do you feel about your NBA drafting knowledge right now, Zach? Uh, I feel solid. Uh, I definitely follow college basketball a lot so um i feel okay i mean i still think this this draft is going to be awesome to see them it's gonna be fun to see the mock because like there's no consensus order in which things should go so like i think this draft could get thrown for a wrench at any time so it'll be fun to watch yeah um i'm so i'm excited about that i'm also this week probably we're going to have a an interview with one of our writers, Jeff Fox. He just posted an article today where he broke down who are the best and worst NBA drafting teams since 2014. Uh, I think that the piece is really interesting. I don't know if you got a chance to read it yet, Zach, but it's definitely worth a read. And I, I think it'll be interesting for our listeners to kind of for Jeff to, uh, Kind of kick off our NBA draft coverage with walking us through his his research and how he decided to go about that. Yeah, and I, I was obviously really happy to see uh, Monte Morris and Nikola Jokic as two of the most shrewd uh, draft picks of the last however many years. So shout out to Jeff. That was a, that was a good article to read and good prep for the draft. Absolutely. Great. Okay. Well, make sure to check out all our podcasts on Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We have a new uh, golf gambling podcast. It, it's been spun off into its own feed. That is a Boston Capper and Steve Shermer do a great job with that. We also have a brand new uh, sports gambling game show that we premiered this week that uh, I wrote with Sean and uh, Kramer. It is called Let It Ride. It's on the SP. It's just on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network main feed, but definitely check out our YouTube channel as well, where you can see the video version of it. Make sure to follow me at the Ryan McKee on Twitter. Follow Zach at NBA Zach B on Twitter. And do you have anything else you want to say before? I don't know. Maybe the end of the world, but we'll see. Marquis Chris Stock. Buy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, his final words, Marquise Chris. <laughs> ba, 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 basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna. Go-